1: As a times and seasons prophet, that's my style, and I'm also a prophetic life coach, I get asked one question more than anything else. Yes, this question is asked more than when is Jesus coming back or where's the nearest Starbucks? I'm just kidding. It's one question that really will help you. And first, let's pray before I forget. God, we thank you for your goodness and Everything that you're going to open up to us right now, we ask that we would flow on earth as it is in heaven right now. Open up the heavens with the spiritual understanding of who we are and what you're doing in our lives right now. Give us the spirit of prophecy in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, back to the question that I'm asked more than anything ever. Here it is. How do I find God's will and timing for my life? Wow. Wow. You know, I always say that if you found the answer to that, you'd write a good book. Well, I've written one, and there's been many books out there. But knowing God's will involves understanding your purpose. Knowing God's timing helps you know where you are, what season you are in right now, so you know how to respond. The two go together, but they are two separate things. I've been training people for years in this area, and I want to help you right now. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how to discover God's will for your life, how to discover your destiny. It's a crash course. I'm going to give you some tips right now. And then I have a special guest joining me in a few minutes who's written a life-changing book on how to discover the season of your life. So let's jump in with my crash course on God's will. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The starting place is to step back from the patterns of the world around you and ask God to renew your thinking. Your breakthrough and solution is there. It is, but it's usually outside of the current understanding that you have, or you would have already discovered it. So right now, it will require you to step away from the pattern of thinking that's around you, pattern of negativity, maybe on the internet, the news, people complaining all the time. These things actually will work against you because it will cloud, the, cloud your vision and it will block your understanding of what God might be trying to say. I say this all the time. It's how to open the heavens over you. So let's look at the definition of destiny and life purpose. Our destiny is to love God. That's assumed. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's your destiny. Your life purpose is your unique assignment from God to develop your spiritual gifts, to grow in godly character, and love and help others do the same. Now, that's purpose, but then destiny is the direction you take in life. It might not be clear right now, and it takes time to unfold, but you'll often end up in a place, depending on where you go. It might be good or bad, depending on how you respond, but you'll need to discover some things. In Matthew thirteen forty four, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like hidden treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and in his joy, he went off and sold all that he had and bought the field. As we discover our greater purpose in life, it's like finding hidden treasure. Many people get excited about it, and then they forget later on. They forget to go back, or they're not willing to make that sacrifice, the great cost. We get caught up in our daily activities. God may have already been speaking to us, and that we have a greater purpose. God designed us to live life with the greater purpose. And many people haven't found it because this is not something that's taught often, and it should be actually. But once we get intentional, like finding hidden treasure, then it will start to unfold. Let me give you the hidden treasure map. Your greater calling right now is like a connect the dots drawing. Each dot is an experience, a season, a life season, something that happened in your life, negative or positive. It will become clearer as you learn to connect the dots god will sometimes accelerate things and other times he will slow them down according to your stage of maturity of where you are right now god really wants to bless you he wants to give you things good consider peter james and john in luke 5 jesus said to them, i want to make you fishers of men well they were already fishermen so he didn't say i want you to go become rabbis then come back so God wants to use who you are, and there might be some things that you need to transform in your life, but generally, he likes to use your personality and your passions. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This is very important to understand that God really loves you. He is not against you. He's for you. He has a desire for you to succeed and prosper. You have no limits because God has no limits. Now, not everything you desire is God's. But once you understand his heart, like in Psalm 37, 4, once you delight yourself in him, you'll know his heart and he can start giving you that heart's desire. So it's as easy as connecting those dots in your spiritual life. The Holy Spirit is in you. You have access to everything you need to succeed. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But with God, all things are possible. So what's stopping people? After all my years of coaching people, I came up with an acronym with four things that are holding people back right now. And it's called the SPIN cycle. S stands for stuck in the past. P is procrastination. I is internal negative thinking. And N is no clear vision. You know, I've been working with people for years and years, and once you get through the being stuck in the past, that's the transformation. Remember? Romans twelve two, you transform your life. You'll see procrastination will fall away once you grab hold of something that you find, like that are hidden treasure, and get the internal negative thinking turned around, your vision will become clear. I want to invite you to an online training course that walks you through these principles and I give you the practical tools to get a breakthrough and discovering God's will. It's called Unlocking Your Breakthrough, Becoming Your Own Breakthrough Coach. It's got a lot of tools in it that's going to really help you, and this will help you to understand God's will for your life. But now, let's shift gears for a moment. Let's talk about God's timing, because this really is about God's timing and His will. So once you start to go towards God's will, God's timing and the seasons is going to really bring things together. It's like going to the mall. You ever look at the directory and, and you're looking for the store or restaurant and you find it, and then you look for that really big red circle that says, "You are here." Life season is like a "you are here" indicator that will help you get to the next place of your calling. I have a special guest on our podcast this week. Elizabeth Enlow, she is an encourager at heart. She's a spiritual mother to many throughout the nations as well as a mom to four daughters and her husband is Johnny Enlow, who's a good friend of mine as well, a prophet and apostle and they actually travel around the world impacting people, coaching, loving, encouraging. She's an international speaker and an author of several books, actually, and this week we're going to be talking about her new book, God in Every Season. It's newly released, and I tell you, I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much, Doug. I'm really excited about talking to you and your tribe today.
1: Yeah, well yeah, we've been friends for quite some time and we're both West Coasters now. You're a transplant, right? And you and Johnny. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your ministry and what you do.
0: Yes, we are transplants and people can tell pretty quickly here in California when I open my mouth because <laughs> I'm from Alabama originally. And um been here about five years and most people will have heard of my husband, Johnny, and We have become more and more a team over the years, and we, um, about five years ago, relocated from Atlanta, and I think that's around the time that we connected with you and Linda, and, you know, we were just so drawn out here by, really by the Lord, but by a hope for what God wants to do for California and what that means for not just our nation, but for the world, because we feel like whatever happens here in California for good or bad, it affects the whole globe and our hearts are to see change and reformation in society. And for me personally, um, I'm like a detail person. And so I'm going to be one of those rare people. I'm going to tell you how old I am. I'm 50 years old (laughs) (laughs) and we have four daughters and they are 26 down to 16. So we know a lot about girls and feelings and makeup and all that good stuff. I homeschooled most of them for almost twenty years. I call that
1: actually uh your house is probably the Esther generation. You can abbreviate <laughs> Esther Gen. Uh, <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: and and that's just me. Then you add them on top of it and anyway, yeah. We'll be Johnny praying is, for
1: Johnny. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He actually loves it. He is just the perfect dad for four daughters, and um, they have such a great relationship with their daddy. So it's fun having four daughters, and we've been in ministry uh, over 20 years. We've been married almost 30 years, and just uh, in love with the Lord and so thankful that we get to, as a family, be a part of advancing God's kingdom in our generation. I'll tell you just a little bit more about Me, personally, I'm originally born in Birmingham, Alabama, and grew up in Atlanta, though, and that's where Johnny and I met. My mom had cancer most of my growing up years and ended up dying when I was 12 years old. I was raised in a Christian family, and my parents were really the only spirit filled Christians that I knew in the early 70s, and especially with my mom sick, we did a lot of visiting Word of Faith churches, and we were looking for anyone that would, you know, agree with with us in faith for my mom's healing, and she was an amazing woman who just fought hard with everything that she knew to fight with, and more than anything, she fought with her knowledge of God, knowing that He was good and only good and powerful and you know, I was raised in a conservative private Christian school all my growing up years. I was the only one for a long time that I knew of that was Spirit-filled. I was Spirit-filled when I was eight years old at a Kenneth Copeland meeting, Wow! and uh, just, you know, wrestled with that when she did die and um, came out on the other side of it many years later, just finally, you know, about 15 years ago, being just finally honest with God and just raw, like, I, I know you well enough to know that you could have healed my mom, and we all had faith, and and you didn't. Like, you're the only one who could have done something about it, and you chose not to. And what does that say to my heart? And out of that just very raw, honest place came another level of relationship with the Lord that pretty much anything I'll share today just comes out of that, that starting place of just honesty with God and mm. letting Him touch that pain and— yeah. Yeah, but that's a little about
1: me. I wasn't sure that we had such a a thing in common. I'm not sure if we talked about that or not, because I was raised by a Southern praying mama as well, so I know what you're talking about, and also that my mom died of cancer, and I struggled through that same thing, praying for her and then watching her go, and that was a painful time of my life, and I didn't realize we had that in common. But like you said, yeah. you use that then to turn things around and, and, and develop something with the Lord.
0: Definitely, and and it really came out of a a long, long period of just exhaustion, because when you stuff and hide pain, it's exhausting trying to maintain that and trying to protect your own heart and protect yourself from more pain and those that you love from more pain, so when my daughters were, I'd say their toddler years and up, up until, like I said, about 15 years ago, you know, I was the mom that I I homeschooled them because I just didn't want them to experience anything that, you know, would cause them pain in their lives. They all had matching outfits and matching hair bows and my house was clean most of the time. And when it wasn't, I was in a tizzy and, you know, it's just this, I loved the Lord so much, but I was just, uh, compelled to just control as much as I could around me because of my lack of honesty with the Lord. So it was a huge turning point for me.
1: Yeah, now that's an amazing journey.
0: And you know, just to make it a little more interesting, it was around the same time that I began to awaken to that pain and then get honest about it that Johnny began to go on a journey prophetically with the Lord and just getting the revelation that he got about the seven mountains and about if people haven't heard of the seven mountains the seven primary areas of culture that we're called to impact and bring reformation to and you know here he was preaching I'm sitting on the front row you know sermon after sermon after sermon at our home church and all over the world hearing how good God is and he wants to save the world and and he's got his finger meanwhile on this very intimate place in my own heart where I knew in theory that he was good and that he loved me um, and that I mattered to him. But in my heart, in my core, I didn't believe that. And so I'm like, yeah, you're going to just save the world with our love and rescue society. But what about my heart? And the Lord just began to speak to me and he said, you know what, the same way that I am healing your heart from the lies that you believed about me, And about yourself, I am healing the collective hearts of cities and nations. And the same way that I'm sozoing or bringing inner healing to your perception of me and your perception of yourself, I'm doing that on the stage of every area of culture in mass. And he said, I'm the macro God and the micro God, and I'm in both. And so it really connected for me what God was doing in my own heart in my own life with this big picture revelation that my husband was beginning to steward over. So it, it's been really an amazing journey. <laughs> I
1: love to hear the story like the mama behind the seven mountain man. You know, this was like, <laughs> wow, you had to sit there in the front row and actually live this out and wrestle with these things.
0: Totally, because at one point I was like, I think my husband might be hearing wrong, because how could God be that good? You know, I'd been taught all my life that, you know, things were just going to get so bad that we would just eventually have to kind of hide away until Jesus comes back and rescues us just in the nick of time. And so my perception of God was, it was just so far from who He really is and how the plans, the future, and the hope that he has for the world, because I couldn't see it from my own heart, my own life, my own children's lives.
1: Yeah. Now, was there a turning point then? You said, Johnny's getting this message, and then, you know, you go through this crisis. And, uh, can you remember if there was a specific turning point for you?
0: I do. You know, it was it was in the middle of the night, and I think Johnny and I had been arguing <laughs> And we made a point when we first got married that we would never go to bed without working through whatever, you know, was going on between the two of us. And so we've had a lot of sleep, <laughs> <laughs> but we've always worked things out, you know, worked through things. This was one of those nights and it, it, basically I'd gotten triggered over something and I couldn't see it at the moment, but we, we talked and talked and talked and I just ended up you know, in a fetal position, just totally triggered back to my childhood. And it was very clear in that moment to Johnny and I both that this had nothing to do with what we were trying to work through. This was, this was, he had stumbled across some very significant unhealed pain in my heart. And he just began to pray over me and share things with me that he felt like God was telling him for me. And I remember him, telling me that, you know, even Jesus on the cross had wondered, and I believe, you know, we're not trying to make a theology out of this because we don't really know for sure, but that when Jesus said, "Um, my God, my God, you know, my Father, why have you forsaken me? That God God didn't, like, forsake him. He was there with him, and he watched every moment. He saw every single thing that, that Jesus went through and definitely took on our sin. So, there was that chasm that He took on and He took care of for us, but His filter and His perception of God was off, and it was because of our sin. And I realized that my perception of God could be healed because of what Jesus did. You know, it wasn't just for my salvation. It, was, it wasn't just so that I could be experience physical healing. It wasn't just so that He could send the Holy Spirit for me to be Spirit-filled. It was like to literally heal my understanding of my father. There was more to it, but that night was very pivotal for me.
1: Wow, that that is deep. And I know that there's people listening right now who may be identifying for different areas, you know, about your upbringing and maybe your beliefs in the Lord. But, you know, what I keep hearing, I think it's the theme that's coming out with your new book, is that God yeah. is in every season of your life. And that's the title of your new book, right?
0: Yes, it's God in every season, and yeah, it is, I really believe that when we understand that there are seasons and cycles with God, just like in any relationship that we have really with anybody, but especially with somebody that we're close to, like maybe a spouse, there are seasons that we go through, and it's not, every day's not going to feel the same, it's not going to look the same, we're not going to relate to each other the same way. And it's the same way in our relationship with God. He cycles us through seasons. Our soul goes through seasons with Him, and it looks different and it feels different, but it's all Him because He's in all of it. And He's not forsaken us even when it feels like it. He's not distant even when it feels like it, but but it does feel like it. And, you know, I think as a generation we're learning it's important to validate what we feel and yet not be governed by our feelings.
1: It reminds me, actually, of you know how God even speaks through nature, because sometimes in our cycles of the season, sometimes the planets are closer to the sun, and sometimes they're farther mm-hmm. away, and that's the same way with God.
0: It is the same way, and I talk about that in the book, God in Every Season. I, I just saw this pattern in my own heart, and I would get so mad at myself because I'm like, why, you know, why do we have to go around that mountain again? Why am I, you know, I, I worked through this before, and I thought we were good, and now here I am, down about this, I'm questioning about this, I'm doubting about this, and the Lord started speaking to me through nature, and I, it, for me, that was initiated by um, the first prophetic word that I ever got from someone. She prophesied over me, she picked me out of a crowd, prophesied over me, and said, I see you like this tree in the winter time," and above ground it doesn't look like much is going on but deep below the ground in your roots your roots are growing and they're going deeper into the lord and she like just in such a short moment so clarified something for me and it set me on this path of understanding wow i'm i'm like a tree and then, of course, I started thinking about the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, and then the tree in Revelation that um, Ezekiel, no, who talks about it? I, I'm missing my walking concordance, Johnny, here. But anyway. <laughs> I'm
1: not helping you. I'm a prophet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you know, the tree that grows on either side of the river, and it, and it leaves never wither. Yeah, that's Revelation 22. Yeah. Yes, Revelation 22. Thank you. And um, I started realizing that, you know, everything in God and everything that is connected to Him and everything that is connected to His kingdom always, only, ever increases. It only increases. And so you can feel like you're stuck in a cycle or you're stuck in a rut or here we go around the same mountain again. But I think of it kind of like a slinky, you know, the slinkies you played with when you're young. Um, it's this spiral, but it's actually it's it's moving forward. If you were to stretch it out, it's like a spring. And it's familiar in that it comes back around, but it's still advancing. It's still moving forward. And, and just like in life with the winter, spring, summer, and fall, every winter, it's the start of a new year, although it's winter again. And uh, when you understand the fact that you're in seasons with God— And that's normal. And you allow the familiarity of it to not discourage you, but to help you remember, oh yeah, this is what it's like to be in this season with God. I'm not stuck here forever because I'm connected to him. He is always only ever increasing me. He's moving me forward and I can trust where he has me right now. And if I embrace it and I don't fight it, and I don't give in to the temptations and the lies and the fears that come with that season, then I'll be positioned and prepared for the next season. And, you know, just like the tree in Revelation, it says that it bears fruit every single month. So the thing that's different maybe about the natural seasons than the seasons with him is that we can literally bear fruit even in winter. And we can bear fruit in spring and in summer and fall. Now, I think there's an an outward tangible expression of it that is easier to see in a fall season of our soul with the Lord. But particularly in our relationship with Him, we are constantly experiencing a fruitful place if we embrace it. And if we find Him in the unique ways that you can find Him in each season— and perceive Him correctly, and perceive yourself correctly in it.
1: Yeah, that's so, so powerful. Yeah. You, it sounds really like it's a forming of your identity somehow in the midst of this.
0: I believe it is. You know, I I believe that God, the way I've seen Him in my own life, is He's super, super, super intentional. And it's hard to see it sometimes in the moment, but when you look back and you live long enough to look back, you realize the intentionality of God, and then you realize, I'm made in His image. So, I have the capacity within myself to also be intentional and specifically be intentional with him. So I have kind of this phrase that Johnny and I use in pretty much every, all of our resources that we create and when we speak and it's our living intentionally phrase or kind of our our declaration. And it's, it's really simple and it's short, but it's this, it says to live, to know the real him to make the real Him known, to learn how to love, and to learn to be loved. And so, yes, identity is like all in that, because when we see Him correctly, when we know Him, which I think is the purpose of all of life, is to grow in the knowledge of who He is and what He's like, and Habakkuk 2.14 tells us that the end of all of this, the end of all of Life as we know it will wrap up with the knowledge of the glory of God, the knowledge of how good He is, filling the earth, being accessible to every single human. So, basically, His correct reputation filling the earth. Of course, people will still have the option to choose Him or not. But if it's that way in the earth, and how much more so in our own hearts, and so. I just love that phrase because I can start every day just reminding myself, okay, now why am I here? What's today all about? And I get my bearings that way. I I kind of reorient my heart and my thinking with, okay, I'm here. I live to know the real Him. And then what I know of Him, I can give away, and I can make known to others. And you can't separate the knowledge of God from love that's the most simple way to know him and, and to experience him as he's loved. And so I'm here first to know that I'm loved because I can't give away what I don't have. And if I don't know how loved I am, how will I love others, including ourselves? And then to learn how to be loved, to sit still long enough to let him love you and to acknowledge that and and then to give that love away and i think when we talk about reformation of society it's really that simple it's as simple as you know just showing up every day in the areas of culture that you have influence over and that you are passionate about and asking the father to love uniquely through you in that area of culture and love is is practical it's real it shows up with solutions it shows up with answers to problems that exist in each area of culture so you know, I'm I kind of go back and forth between this personal thing of what season am I in? Where am I with you, Lord, and how can I be intentional and steward over that with you right now? And then as you're pouring into me, I want to immediately find expression for that towards others. And to me, that's the kingdom advancing. Yeah, it is um, on a micro and macro scale.
1: Yeah, you know, here's the question I get asked all the time: is how do I know what season I'm in right now?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a an important question to ask. And you know, I don't want to sound like a commercial, but it just so happens that in my book, God in Every Season, I have developed a quiz and it's, it's an assessment that helps you understand what season you're in. And it's eleven questions. It's super simple, but really profound. And um it scores you. So you answer the 11 questions and then you get a score and the score tells you if you're in winter, spring, summer, fall. It actually tells you if you're in early winter or late spring. And then there's a, a short paragraph that will help you kind of confirm, okay, was the was the assessment correct? And And if that paragraph really rings true, then it just confirms that the assessment was correct and that is the season that you're in with the Lord. And I think we can easily get confused because you can be in a season of life that's different than the season of your soul with God. And
1: Yeah, why don't you, you know, tell us a little different... bit more about that, about the season of your soul?
0: Okay, so what I mean by that is I'm not talking about, you know, when you're in retirement, that season of not having kids or something like that. I'm talking about the season of your soul. Your soul is, is that part of you, I believe that will live forever. It's your spirit. I don't think that our spirit just gets like wiped clean of everything we've ever thought and experienced here on earth. And so that's why I say your soul rather than just your spirit, because it's, it's your spirit and all that it's grown through and come through in your earthly experience. And it's your personality and it's, it's, the best parts of who you are and what you've grown into. And so I think of our soul as where we experience and encounter God and where we experience and encounter relationships. And so when I talk about what season your soul is in with God, every season of your soul, it was actually the original title for the book, and I changed it, God, in every season. But our soul is constantly cycling through these unique moments in time and history with God on our individual journeys with Him. And, you know, I I think of like, I go pretty deep here. <laughs> You'd think I have a lot of time to think, and I guess I just do a lot of thinking when I'm driving or washing dishes or late at night, and I, I look at like the idea of if you could take a clock apart or a watch apart and you see all these little gears and one gear turns another bigger gear, which turns another gear. And I think there are seasons in the Lord Himself. I think there are seasons in the body of Christ. There are seasons in the earth naturally that are connected to the spiritual cycles and seasons that are available in the spirit realm. I think there are, you know, wheels within wheels. And I wonder sometimes. I haven't gotten any revelation on this, but I wonder sometimes if even the four living creatures that are described as having the wheels within the wheels and they move about the earth, like if there's some connection there to that. But all of that is intricately connected to, you know, like only God can do, to each individual cycle of seasons in each individual heart. It's just this massive, beautiful synchrony, synchronicity or some fancy word like that, that that God has going on and it's connected to heaven as well.
1: Yeah, this is very deep. And what you're saying is it just reminds me of some revelation that I've actually seen in heaven in this area of the times and seasons in heaven where everything's flowing and it's complicated like you said we we tend to think of okay i'm winner you know that i went through a, a loss and grief but it's not that easy i mean it's not i mean it's not that simple i guess in the explanation huh
0: and i think the kingdom's just like that you know the kingdom is profoundly simple but so intricate and i love it that it's both i love it that it will take us an eternity to understand and to you know, for God to unveil all that He is and how He does things. But I love it that it's so simple that it's winter, spring, summer, and fall. You know, there is there is a simplicity about our ability to experience Him.
1: Yeah, and you know, I love the fact that you have a test so you could help people, and I have the book in my hand right now, and uh, you have different things. It's almost like declarations that you can pray over yourself, right?
0: I do because I just personally desperately needed that. I I found that as I went through inner healing from the things I described earlier, I would still get triggered. You know, I'd still everyday experience things that would set me off and just take me back to childhood traumas. And I would react out of those places when spiritually I knew I was further along than that. And so went through an inner healing course. I learned about how truth statements. Basically, when your brain hears your voice, speak something out loud, it gives your brain another pathway of thought and option for response rather than just reacting and being triggered. And so I developed a lot of what I do, whether I'm counseling someone or like all of our resources end up having this kind of connection to them, truth statements. We did that in several of our other resources. And this idea of giving someone like a practical application where you can immediately see change come. It's one thing to believe something different and to know it in your head, but then to act out of it is a whole nother thing. And so that's why I included truth statements is to help people, whatever season you're in, I've found that there are unique challenges to that season. And the enemy is not creative. He comes in in the same ways and He likes to trip us up the same ways, and we can, we can get ahead of that by positioning our hearts with our mouths. I say that we war and we win with our words, and we can position ourselves with our mouths by, by speaking truth over ourselves and find ourselves not just reacting to things, but actually responding with actions that back up what we believe is is actually true about yeah. ourselves and about God.
1: Wow. You know, that's the best explanation that I've ever heard about having decrees and, and decreeing them, and it backed up with the research and how, wow, it can activate things in our brain and actually change our physiology.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, science has proven it, and it's amazing. I was a little turned off to that for a while because of my background growing up when I was little with the Word of Faith movement, I felt like for at least a little while, that camp had gone too far as the whole name it, claim it thing. Like, if I say it out loud, then it's just going to magically happen, and so I kind of threw that baby out with the bathwater, but then when I went through a an inner healing class and they proved scientifically, it really does matter what you say, what yeah. you decree, what you declare, and it changes things. Physically, in your brain, they can do a brain scan and show new pathways of thought. So um, God's so good. He provides yeah. so many on-ramps to truth when we throw it out for one reason or another. He says, well, let's come back around another way to that. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, the Bible is its our guidebook, really. You know, it's everything we have. But then there's books like this that you have that are very practical and it's it's like a step by step that that will actually give you how to make these applications, especially for those who are looking for something new or maybe you're getting a you felt like there's something more and you've you've been trying to get a breakthrough and I just love this book i've opened it a few times to these areas I do that so I just flip it open and and read it as it's sitting next to me. And I love what you wrote at the beginning to me, actually. You signed it. Much love, Elizabeth. You said, Doug, I will never forget the text that you encouraged me to write this book.
0: Totally. You know, I I looked back at that text today because I wanted to remember when that was. It was was almost two years ago, and you did not have a clue that I was thinking of writing a book. I had already co-authored one with Johnny, and I woke up to a text from you, and you just said— the Lord told you that I should write my experiences, and it was time to release a book on the revelation of love that he was giving me. And it was actually, I don't think you even realized at the time, but it was two books. <laughs> and I knew which one had to come first, and it was this one. I've got another one in the in the queue in my spirit that's, that's brewing for um, another one. But I love it that God would, well, not only did he speak that through you, but you felt like the Lord said that there was like a loss, something that was lost on my father's side of the family that I was picking up and that let's see what else did you say? Oh, and that that you heard the name Charles. Well you didn't know, but my dad's name is Charles and his dad's name is Charles. Wow. And so it it I mean I felt just so excited that God would confirm it through someone like yourself who didn't know. And and not only that, but that it was through you because Johnny and I so appreciate your prophetic voice. It's so incredibly rare in the earth and in our generation. And uh, I know I was saying this to you earlier, but I I want to say it say it now to your tribe as well because I feel like I'm going to echo something that so many of their hearts probably feel. You know, you have labored and pressed into the Lord for the perspective that you have, and prophetic is never, you know, 100% God. It's always filtered, and He loves to partner with us. It's filtered through our perceptions as well and our personalities, and you personally have fought really hard for that that correct perspective of God in your own life, despite, you know, different challenges you've had in your own life, and as you've held on to that, this prophetic word comes through you over and over and over again to our generation that is just filled with the Father's love and with a hope filled narrative. And, you know, we who live in California know it is, this is, I think, one of the hardest states to live in spiritually. Yeah. And there's a contending that we're doing here. And so, even just your prophetic voice coming from this coast and you and Linda having your roots here is is really important so when i got a prophetic word to release this book and and i believe another one too i i just think it was significant that it was through you it made me feel like just affirmed in in the big leap that we made you know as a family coming out here to california also yeah. Thank you. Thank wow,
1: you for wow, wow. That was powerful. I was remembering that now. Now, when you get a word like that with identity, that was identity in it because it, that was your father and your grandfather's name. And, and it is like one of those where you don't really have to, uh, you know, uh, ask God for confirmation. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> also, just so everybody's listening right now. You know, don't envy anyone like this. I got awakened by an angel at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. in 2002 to write my first book. I mean, uh, Audible Voice of an Angel. And then Elizabeth here, she's got a prophetic word from me with names and everything. But you know what? Even Noah got the plans for the ark. He still had to swing the hammer, you know, (laughs) Uh, And so don't envy those who just got these words and you're waiting to write your own book or something. You all have messages out there. You all are in different seasons. You have an identity and God is going to do something.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, all right. Well, you know, there's such a strong anointing right now. And I just want you to pray over us, Elizabeth, and activate us into what you have.
0: Absolutely. Can I read an excerpt from the book and then pray over them?
1: Absolutely
0: it's a couple of paragraphs. It's not very long. And in the book, I have a few of my journal entries that I put in there. And this is one of the journal entries and I called it a very real war, a very real love. And I feel like some of you are going to be able to relate to this. We are in a transition time on the calendar. We're coming into 2018. And by the time you listen to this, it'll probably already be 2018. And, It was exactly a year ago that I wrote this journal entry, and a few weeks after that is when I wrote the book God in Every Season, and I want to let y'all hear that because some of you are in the hardest trials of your life right now, but did you know that by the end of this coming year, you could have huge breakthrough if you embrace where he is and where you are with him right now, and that's what this journal entry is about, a very real war, a very real love. The terrorist of all terrorists drops bombs when you least expect it. Your heart shreds, and the ringing in your ears makes it almost impossible to find the still, small voice. The collateral damage and a very real war is seen all around and with it, The lies permeate the scene of destruction, as piercing as a thousand sirens mixed in with the choir of cries for help. This is the way my season began, but it will not end here. It never does because you never change. The only one who can reverse torn lives is right in the midst. None of it surprises you or scares you away. And although I am pierced to my core, it, this, makes me more sure of you, more than I ever have been. All the pain and lies from many years ago fall fresh again, but like all pain, it brings with it a gift. So desperately, I open pain's plainly wrapped package, revealing a wonderful surprise. Surrender the joy of surrender. Oh, my soul, find strength in surrendering to this terrifying reality of how very little control I actually have. In a world full of the freedoms and choices and rights of billions of souls, each imposing their will upon the rest, I will find my steadfast in the one whose choices matter the most the one whose choices are launched by love alone and always hit their mark in every heart that dares to hope for more, that dares to hope for Him. I surrender to love, to love that constantly recalculates toward mercy, kindness, and goodness, no matter the obstacles, slowdowns, or twists and turns, like water that cannot be contained Your love reaches through the cracks and crevices of every wall of doubt and evil fortress of lies, rushing to the lowest places, whether beckoned or not. More relentless than any fear or torment that pursues my soul is this one, this love. Love in action, love set into motion as sure as sunrise and sunset. Minutes and hours, days and months, years and generations, every single season of my soul. Season after season, you awaken me. Season after season, deeper and deeper. Cycles of your purposes and plans unfolding. All so that I might know you. So that I know the real you and your true intentions towards me season after season, that I might know just how loved I am, season after season, so that I might know love Himself. If you were able to identify that, I just want to, with that, I, I want to pray over you, and I just declare right now that you are hidden in him, and there is no fear or torment that can quench the love and the future and the hope that is in this love towards you. And I thank you, God, for every person that is wrestling with you and that is overcoming, because you have promised so much to those who overcome, who come over the obstacles, those obstacles that tempt us to believe that you are less than you really are and that we are less than we really are. And Father, I ask that whatever season each person's soul is in right now, whatever season your soul is in, I just declare that you are hidden in him and nothing can divert his gaze from being on you. And Holy Spirit, I ask that Like only you can, you would just remind them of how much they matter, how valuable they are to you, just like they are right now. And I ask that you would bring clarity and focus in whatever season that they're in so that they can partner with you in advancing the truth of who you are in their own hearts and partner with you in advancing the truth of who you are in the earth until your correct reputation is accessible to every heart. And we love who you are to us, Father, and we love who you are to the world through us. We thank you for allowing us to lead and to lead with love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Wow. Wow. All right. drying the eyes Mm -hmm. right now. It is one of those where, you know, listen to this again, folks. There's such power. Mm-hmm. There's such a root into the Lord's intimacy and love. This is the secret place that many people have been longing for. And many people maybe have felt that they are not worthy or maybe they haven't understood what season they're in or the, or maybe their assignment in their life or their identity. I tell you, there's something in elizabeth's message in her ministry, in her spirit, in who she is, I want to encourage you to follow her how how can we get a hold of you and follow you
0: mm-hmm. Well, Johnny and I both are on social media i'm if you want kind of more of the personal stuff I've got Instagram and you can if you read my book, you'll understand that I, a lot of what I talk about are things that I learned from raising our four daughters, um, promise justice, grace, and glory. And actually, a lot of the revelation in the book is from their names. It's winter promise, spring justice, summer grace, and fall glory. And so anyway, we, we're, um, we're a very transparent family, and we're growing and learning all the time. I'm about to do a podcast. Where I'm going to interview Johnny and our daughter, Justice, who's 23, almost 24, and she just placed top 20 in Miss California. Wow. Just a, yeah. So, just the journey of like being a homeschool mom and then, you know, super conservative and, you know, taught my kids to be modest and all that. And I've got one that's on the stage in a bathing suit in the Miss California pageant. You know, and she's not over. She may end up being Miss USA at some point. But, we try to live transparent and just mm-hmm. help people see how we're learning and growing and transitioning with the Lord and not running from the world, but learning how to be in it, you yeah. know, and be all of that. So that's on Instagram. We have Facebook, Elizabeth and Lowe. And then our, our ministry is Restore7, restore and then the numeral seven, restore7.org. We have a lot of resources on there and you can find our podcasts on there. And, There are some YouTube videos of a YouTube channel, Johnny and Elizabeth and Lo. So those are some ways you can find us. I believe the book is available on Amazon. It's also available on our website, Restore7.org.
1: Yeah, and we'll have a link on our podcast, on our page, on on where to find that. And I just want to say, well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. And also, you and Johnny have been such, I, I mean, amazing instrumental in ways you wouldn't know even behind the scenes i talk about things mm-hmm. uh that that have changed my life and you guys have been part of that and and befriended us during a time it was really hard and i just want to encourage mm-hmm. you and i want to encourage everybody now check out what they have get the book pass on what you know pay it forward all right god bless you all see you Thank soon
0: you. god bless you